0: This episode is brought to you by Pop Menu.
1: Learn more at popmenu.com HRN
0: This episode is brought to you by Just Egg. It's a butter egg made from plants. Bring more customers in your doors with Just Egg. Start with a free sample at ju.st/hrn.
2: One of the messages we keep hearing this season is how the hospitality community came together to support one another. There are countless individuals and organizations that have generously donated meals and time to their communities in need throughout the pandemic. But how can you take this lesson of community and turn it into a sustainable business model for the hospitality industry?
1: Today, we welcome the team behind Daughter and Crown Heights Brooklyn to our show. Daughter is a soon-to-open cafe dedicated to community, sustainability, and conversations shared at the family table. They are currently running a coffee cart on weekends to help raise funds, and we have Sarah and Brian, who are two co-owners of Daughter, here with us today. Welcome to the show.
2: Welcome,
1: guys. Hi, thanks. Yeah, thanks for having us. So tell us why don't you um, introduce yourselves and the concept. I know there's some other co-founders and co-owners who weren't able to join us today. So we'd love for our listeners to to get a sense of your mission and who you who you all are.
3: Yeah, you want to start, Sarah?
1: Yeah,
4: I'll start. Cool. Uh, I'm Sarah, and I am one of the three co-owners of Daughter. Um, we, so we had this vision and we're working towards opening a zero waste, uh, farm to table urban farm and cafe before the pandemic, um, that has then since taken on a whole new life, uh, given the changes in the world. And I guess what we are now is a community focused, um, space that is a cafe and a future wine bar, uh, That is focused on creating a space that is malleable to the needs of our surrounding community in Crown Heights uh, and focused on giving back to the community. Got it. So I didn't realize, I I guess, that you um, had a had a pandemic pivot
1: like so many other businesses. We we sure Um,
3: did. Massive pandemic pivot. (laughs) Yeah, it was a big pivot. I mean we I think a, we I was I loved our other idea and I you know maybe someday it'll evolve into it and grow in like a more like slow trajectory sustainable like route um mm-hmm. but you know we had some pretty big ideas and we were trying to get um we we were in the running for this really big grant and we were really going to try to do something huge um mm-hmm. we really yeah you know we definitely I I remember we were, you know, we were trying to open this huge, like, yeah, farm to table restaurant, like mushroom growing operation, not psychedelics, but for for,
4: for you Yeah. yeah. We want to
3: stay open. (laughs) I'm not sure. if I think the feds would shut us down for that one. Mm. Um,
4: You think? Yeah. uh, Yeah.
3: So, I mean, you know, I remember one day Sarah and I were visiting this huge space and it was so big like it yeah was real estate probably like i don't know how many square feet that thing was it was two floors we were like oh we could have like an indoor farmer's market upstairs and then it have was like eleven thousand
1: square feet or it something was it was massive. ridiculous so walk us back to when when was
4: this oh that was when was that like that was last 2019 march. that was the first oh, week of march? march yeah it was Like two weeks before the pandemic. That's when we (laughs) toured that spot. It was so yeah, so soon. Oh my gosh! (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. pandemic years are uh, often longer. Yeah, it's crazy.
2: When did the idea sort of shift, and and what was the the impetus? I know that obviously lots of things happened during the pandemic, but was there like a specific turning point within Crown Heights or whatnot that you, you guys said you know what this is we need to turn it into something else.
4: Yeah. So, mm. I mean, an, an important thing to note is that we're just three baristas, you know, we're yeah. not money people. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have like any sort of like funds that were like previously established that we had to pour into this. And so kind of when the pandemic hit, we were kind of like, all right, I'll talk to you guys in a couple months. <laughs>
0: like yeah. when we can see
4: each other and all three of, well, Brian, you were on unemployment, but Adam mm-hmm. and myself, we uh, were essential workers. Uh, we continue to work service industry jobs. I, you mm-hmm. know, worked, I've been working since last March. Yeah. Um, and public so, yeah, yeah, public facing service industry jobs. And so we kind of put things off just to like stay alive. <laughs> it's true. Um, and then um, when the protests of last summer kind of broke out, uh, yeah. we were all really heavily involved with that like on the ground level. And we kind of reached out to each other and we're like, all right, it's time to get together and talk about how we can use our resources to create a sustainable model. It was kind of around the time when it seemed like some of the marching was kind of dwindling a little bit. And, and like, maybe this, like, how do we turn this vision and this mission and this heart, uh, into something that is sustainable and lasting and Mm -hmm. provides structural or not structural, like systematic change, but, you know, from, from the grassroots change uh, with the resources that we have, which is, you know, serving others and food. Mm -hmm. So what, so what came next? That's when you
1: guys all came together and developed, you know, a new business model. I had the grant that you were up for um, pre pandemic. Did that, that went away or, Yeah,
3: basically it was, we were in like the third round for it. So we were pretty far along and then the pandemic hit and they just pretty much shifted what the grant was even for. Mm. So like they they definitely gave the grant money to like medical related and tech related things that would help with the pandemic was Mm -hmm. what they shifted towards. Um, So yeah, that was out of the question. Um, um, We ended up probably around... I what do you think, Sarah? Like July or August was when we were talking. Um, I remember meeting in front of Drip Coffee in Brooklyn. Yeah, it was July. Yeah, it was probably July, and we, you know, we were like, you know, what? Maybe we could just do like community focused events that are pop up events. Um, So we had that idea for a bit, and then eventually, you know, we just thought, why don't we just like scale down our vision? You know, we can do what we know best, coffee, and then try to you know, just create a cafe that we've like wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, we all have a lot of experience in coffee. I think each of us probably have like six years plus each. Um, so, and we all met working together at a shop in Brooklyn, um, called Toby's estate at the time was what it was called. It's not partners, but, no, partners, um, not- yeah, you know, yeah. so we really wanted to, um, yeah, simplify and scale down. And, you know, I think that's really helped us, um, being able to, you know, get to know the community a little more than we maybe would have if we had this massive thing that we, you know, had to create in real time and get used to while simultaneously having all these ambitious goals.
1: Yeah, This feels
3: like a lot more manageable
1: focus. That's one of our like brand and business mottos is always focus. (laughs) I think think everybody, I think entrepreneurs, you know, have these like huge (laughs) visions and then it comes down to, we got to focus. So, um, Mm -hmm. that's a very shared sentiment with a lot of people we've had on the show and us personally. So, so tell us a little bit about finding the space in crown Heights, why you narrowed in on that. And then let's talk about how you're financially getting there to open.
4: Yeah. So, um, Basically we had that model idea of just like hosting, you know, socially distanced uh, events that would showcase people's voices uh, up until the point that we found the location that we are currently in in Crown Heights. And it was like stars aligned. It was Mm -hmm. in just this perfect community centric area that still has like it's, it's original character in, in a sense. And, um, and and I believe it has the strongest neighborhood association in New York City, actually. Um, and kind of, guys,
2: do you guys live ahead. in Crown
3: Heights? Are you from Crown Heights? Or no, uh, I live that. right on
4: the Bed Stuy side of things.
3: Yeah, um, I'm in Bushwick so, on the Bed Stuy border.
4: Yeah, and so when we had originally considered neighborhoods, we were looking for for neighborhoods that had less, maybe less foot traffic, because you know we weren't. Looking to open something that you know catered to tourists, although there's there are a lot of benefits to that. It's what we wanted was community investment and like lasting relationships that we could invest in, and so it narrowed our our kind of scope down to uh, Bed Stuy and Crown Heights, uh, mm-hmm. and then we were also considering Harlem because that's where Adam is from, uh, and so it would be kind of a return to home. And the reason that we decided against that is just because we knew that we needed to be, like, living very close to our space so that we Mm -hmm. would be accessible to uh, our community on, like, the drop of a dime. You know, we could get there and we could be there. And it wasn't like we were uh, making money in a community and then uh, taking that money and spending it in a different community. Uh, We would be spending the money that we make in the community so it it goes back into – Kind of that economic system and promotes economic growth internally
2: yeah tell us a little bit you guys definitely have some exciting uh, ambitions as far as how you, you how you tangibly give back to the community tell us about those and and how you came up with those ideas and um, then we'll get into two, some of the um you know how those numbers work with uh bottom line and the very small margin hospitality industry.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we've been um you know, I think a lot a lot of cafes like we've seen um give give back during like, you know, Pride Month or Black History or Month or um, you know, just when and when there's any sort of uh, reason to give they'll they'll you know, they'll find it and they'll give back. But I think we just decided we wanted from day one to just like try to focus a lot of time and energy on, um, finding local community organizations that we believe in and want to support us, you know, in whatever way we can, um, you know, you know, by having like 10% 10 of our profits going to like a rotating mutual aid organization, um, is something where we've been doing. Yeah. That's like what we're doing from day one. Um, and you know, it's like this month we have like, um, um, you know, a Women's history month, like, um, like collective of different women owned businesses that donated some, uh, raffle prizes. And then we're having a raffle for where, you know, all those funds are donated as well. And, you know, we're just trying to, you know, find ways to build it into the infrastructure of how our business operates. Um, you know, we all thought it'd be easier. It's easier to start a certain way and, you know, that just becomes the way it is instead of, um, deciding you want to do that later. Right. Um, so yeah, that's something we've been, um, yeah, really focusing on. Um, yeah.
2: And I saw the, that one of your other ideas was the family meal hour during, during the day that where you donate meals. Tell us a little bit about that.
3: Yeah,
4: do you want to take yeah. that, out, sir? Yeah, absolutely. So we are currently in the process of building out a program where every single day we will offer a designated amount of meals um, just, just to the community, to anybody who needs them with no questions asked. Uh, and that's taken a lot of different shapes. I think the, our most current model is is we're working on partnering with an organization that has kind of the reach Uh, within communities in need of food um, because Mm. it's you know it's not enough to just like set up shop and say we have food like come here like it's you know Instagram isn't necessarily how you reach communities that are experiencing um, like food insecurity Um, and you know if if we don't have the, the right like tactical measures in place like you know the food just goes to waste and then we're kind of contributing to a problem, Mm -hmm. um, that we, you know, from the very beginning sought to like, you know, not waste. But so right now, I mean, it's, it's very simple. We're coordinating a group of volunteer drivers, um, to, you know, transport the food from our space to, whichever organization that we end up pairing with, we're still kind of, um, in the shopping around process with, with that. And, um, these are just very simple ingredient, like hand cooked meals that we, we cook ourselves. So we're kind of, we operate from, from eight to four is our business hours, uh, our projected business hours for when we open. And then, um, after that we are, I mean, in the beginning it'll, it'll just be us cooking these meals. Um, from, you know, four to whenever the pickup point is, likely 5.30-ish. Um, but eventually we're, we're working on right, setting up an infrastructure of, of volunteers to help with that program. Um, and we're coordinating with, you know, our friends at you know, Clean Up Crown Heights or there's so many organizations that are, um, like, built for generating these volunteer forces. And people genuinely, I think, I, I think this is honestly a result of the pandemic, Yeah, Um, that people are seeking opportunities of being more involved in their communities. I think, yeah, it's one of the ways in which um, the pandemic has worked to build these bigger communities and and give people who live here uh, sort of ownership over their communities um, because we're not living in a town that's as tourist centric as it used to be. and so it just and, can't be. It yeah. can't be. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, I think we've seen that so much and, in, in so far as like the businesses that have stayed alive versus the ones that, you know, suffered losses mm-hmm. financially and, and had to close down. It's, it's like the ones that were neighborhood centric, um, mm-hmm. either, you know, are, are alive yeah. or thriving. Yeah, yeah. Because
1: very true. People mm-hmm. are
4: neighborhood bound and people want to see, like, people feel more agency over um, like choosing what exists in their neighborhoods.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
4: Which is how yeah. we got here in the first place. Cause we are crowdfunded. Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Right. So I, I do want to talk about that next. And I, you know, I agree with you and I'm, I'm glad to hear that you guys have decided to partner with a, um, with an organization. Cause I think that will be a more meaningful way to distribute. the. It's really challenging to get the word out to, you know people and say come you know yeah we have exactly meals available so that's <laughs> that was sounds like a, mm-hmm. like, a great evolution um mm-hmm. so tell us a little bit about what do you have an opening date where where are you in the process and tell us a little bit about that crowd raising and and how you all are funding the, the business
4: yeah brian you want to take this one
3: yeah i can do that yeah so you know we um as far as like yeah i guess i'll go with opening dates um So yeah, you know, I like build outs do and in New York specifically, like we had a lot of ideas of when it would be done. And, um, now I'm actually believe the timeline. (laughs) Um, I'm sure we I'm sure anyone who's opened a cafe can relate to that, but, um, Yeah, so like our plan is we're gonna do the cart for two more weekends. So we operate the cart inside the space or outside, depending on whether how the weather and how nice it is. Um, So yeah, we do Wednesday through Sunday, eight to two. So we're gonna do that for the next two weekends. Um, so April, after April 4th, we'll stop the cart and then we're going to, um, just kind of like race to the finish, do all the build out stuff for about two, two weeks, two and a half weeks. And then we're going to have a open launch party. The plan is that that would be, um, Saturday and Sunday. So the 24th and 25th of April is when we would open That's Um, soon. Exciting. Yeah, it is Yeah, thank you. These these months just keep flying by. I mean, I'm looking at a calendar and I'm like, oh, April's almost (laughs) (laughs)
2: here. Are you guys doing, are you... Are you guys builders or are you in there? Oh, we're definitely hammering not.
3: Hammering and shit? Yeah. <laughs> no. okay. We're not. We I've never worked construction.
1: Brian has not swung a hammer yet. He's like, no. I've, I've hammered <laughs> <I've> hand- <laughs>
3: some things. I, I, I feel like my family, my family do all sorts of handy things. Like my dad's a mechanic. I have an uncle who's a carpenter. And I remember mm-hmm. like when I was younger assisting him on building some deck. Um, I don't know how much assisting I did. I, <laughs> I, I I hope I helped more than I hurt, but I it's it's hard to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, we're not contractors, so we you know our architect friend Chris, um, he did all the build out uh, design and architecture design, um, and he has a contractor that he knows and trusts, and we've really enjoyed working
1: with him perfect restaurant owners know it can be almost impossible to keep everything up to date even making adjustments to the menu that's why i'm happy to introduce pop menu the restaurant tool to turn more first-time guests into regulars pop menu is a full digital solution for independent restaurant owners starting with a dynamic interactive menu that hooks your customers from the start and mobile friendly website design to automated marketing and integrations to build long-lasting relationships with your guests pop menu gives restaurateurs all the tools they need and puts the focus back on what matters most the people and the food i love when i am cruising a restaurant's website and you can actually see recommended dishes from the restaurants regular guests with like you know little hearts and thumbs up um which pop menu actually integrates into your website pretty cool so trust me if you're a restaurant owner you need pop menu to take your business to the next level for a limited time only get $100 off your first month plus you lock in one unchanging monthly rate go to popmenu.com/hrn that's $100 off your first month at popmenu.com/hrn
0: This episode is brought to you by Just Egg. You can't have plant-based breakfast without a plant-based egg. Just Egg is now the fastest growing egg brand in the United States. Bring more plant-based customers into your doors with easy to use Just Egg. You can get started with a free sample. Just head to ju.st HRN. Made from plants, Just Egg is a better egg for you and for the planet. It's healthier with no cholesterol, and less saturated fat. And it's more sustainable. Just Egg uses less water and generates fewer carbon emissions. Most importantly, it's delicious. For our listeners who operate a food service establishment, you can get a sample for free. Head to ju.st hrn. Just Egg makes a delicious plant-based addition to any menu. It's available as a liquid scramble, great for omelets, frittatas, stir fries, and French toast. There's also frozen pre-baked folded version that's ideal for filling breakfast sandwiches or topping salads. Chef Jose Andres called Just Egg mind-blowing and Bon Appétit says, "So good, I feel guilty eating it." Put the fastest-growing egg brand on your menu. Get a free sample of Just Egg for your restaurant at ju.st/hrn.
1: tell us a little bit about how how you guys raised the funds to get the project off the ground
3: yeah you know like i can't believe we did it you know i guess like in when you have kickstarters you you the obviously the goal is to raise all the money um, but
0: but you have
3: yeah, to. <laughs> yeah like the, it's all or nothing you know and like we really believed in our you know our vision and what we were doing um but yeah you know we just I remember those weeks building up to it like just being like uh, you know it's like we're you know we gotta film film a video and just really get all of our um you know concepts and everything down on paper and articulated in a well a way that can resonate with people and you know we we just have a lot of friends from regulars who, um, through all the coffee shops we've worked at over the years, like I think, like really, if it weren't for like the relationships we built in the cafes that we've worked over the years, I don't think we would have raised this money. Not at all. Uh, that yeah. was that was the basis of all of it, and then you know we just lucked out and knew knew the right people or friends of friends, like you know were able to get us write ups and features on like Eater and you know, and, and for me, Sprudge, I was like, I for coffee people, I was like, oh my god. yeah,
4: A nerd moment. I love
3: Sprudge! I'm like, you know, it's like, <laughs> mom, I made it. But yeah. my mom would not, yeah, my mom doesn't know what Sprudge is. So. Was like, what? I, yeah, that I was think... for me. <laughs>
4: Damn.
3: I also just said what? The
4: whole, <laughs> the whole Kickstarter process was just honestly like having a lot of humility. Uh, yeah. I we, at that point, we just had no choice we kind of took a big risk in signing a lease before (laughs) a kickstarter and so we were like it's now or never we just have to we just have to go for it and so it was a lot of just you know calling everyone we know saying like hey this is this is our vision and this is how i think we can use um i guess like our privilege and the opportunities that we've had to give back like Mm -hmm. what do you think like and i mean in a lot of just like showing up um we, during the entire Kickstarter process, so we, we were doing, we do kick, uh, pop-ups now and we were, we were also doing them in the fall during the Kickstarter process. It was just being present and saying yeah. hello to everyone who walked by mm-hmm. and introducing ourselves and going to block parties and yeah. uh, just talking to the neighborhood and saying like, I hope this is something you guys like want. And you know, we're, we're at your mercy because we don't want to be a space here that's, it's not wanted this is you know we're entering your communities and so mm-hmm. it was just a lot of tough conversations um and like luckily we had just like an overwhelming amount of support from the neighborhood um yeah which has built like a really cool um infrastructure like we have regulars and we're not open yet it's you know, very officially. weird
3: to have regulars it's to a
4: doing cart. these. yeah exactly <laughs> we're in this cart, which the cart is like it's it's you know we're it's pretty lackluster honestly. It's yeah. just opening entering a kind of an unmarked doorway, mm-hmm. but we have people <laughs> who show up every single time because they like they're in on the mission, you know.
3: Yeah. Um,
1: well, that's what you wanted community buy-in. So is the cart and the carts and the current space?
2: Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah, we used to from the doorway. And you mm. start from the doorway. When did
2: you guys take the lease on the
3: space? Oh, when was it's it October. No. It was yeah. October. It's been a bit <laughs> So yeah, we've been paying, we've been paying some rent. <laughs>
4: mm. Yeah, out of our, you know, barista <laughs> wages, we've it's covered rent much. for the past,
1: yeah.
3: Yeah, but
1: so and t- the 50k that you raised on Kickstarter is that sufficient to fund the project and have and have working capital or did you have to get additional outside investment?
4: No outside investment, so it's it's been a couple different things that have have funded the endeavor. the The Kickstarter covered so much of it, mm-hmm. uh, more than we could have hoped for. Um, mm-hmm. We've also just had um, pretty significant donations of equipment, yeah. um, which were kind of our our biggest, you know, cost factor. Was and that like because
2: of the pandemic that people were closing up and donated, or?
4: Um, no, I mean, we,
3: (laughs) from the companies themselves,
4: yeah, the companies themselves, like, um, like months and months ago, we were sitting down and we were like, you know, we have, we have really no pride to lose here. We might as well just write these companies and say, like, do you like our vision? Like, do you want to partner with us? And uh, we had an overwhelming, uh, amount of support from like big companies in the coffee world um hey look if you don't ask you never know exactly Exactly. and
0: it was yeah
1: i i
4: think you know
3: or just not reply yeah so we're
0: not
4: building a cafe on pride you know we're building it like (laughs) like we are just baristas and we are just like trying to use like and it, it gives it gives an opportunity for these these companies that otherwise um i think don't have a lot of opportunities to like Mm -hmm. be connected because they're, they're all like remote companies. Um, So they're not on the ground as much as we are to, to invest in these projects that they support and they believe. And Mm -hmm. so a lot of that. And then um, honestly, the cart for the past couple of months has uh, contributed a lot towards us getting open yeah and tell us a little
1: bit about once you're operating and and moving in and grooving after april the 25th is it will it be the three of you running the cafe most of the time are you hiring a team how how is that factoring into the overall business model
4: yeah um we so we're definitely just the, the three of us and um our, our new kind of baking setup is that we're partnering with Cold Moon, which is a local uh, baking duo, well, cooking and baking, um, and ice cream. Yeah. But they, we've set up a deal with them where they provide our pastries and we give them access to our space so they can bake out of our space and they're awesome. They're sure. good friends of ours. Yeah. And they've been running this catering business for for a long time, just without a space, because real estate is expensive in New York. Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of turned into a
1: really great partnership. So, you are you renting the space to them, or you're wholesale, or you're just going to wholesale their pastries, or they're selling them and you get a small cut? How does that relationship work?
4: Yeah. So we're not renting the space. Um, it's kind of. It's, it's just kind of like a partnership where we let them use our space and then they provide our pastries at like very reduced costs because a it. wholesale – basically coffee shops never make money back on pastries. Mm-hmm. It's very, very hard to make money back on wholesale pastries. Um, mm-hmm. Often coffee shops end up kind of taking a bit of a loss due to that. But it's kind of just a necessary thing to provide to mm-hmm. create a space that's worth visiting.
2: Mm-hmm. So they're paying you in cookies. It's
4: <laughs> yes. not a yeah. transaction
2: that they I would are, pass right. on. <laughs> sounds <laughs> great cookies and friendship friendship, yeah
3: Yeah, because like we're not we're not oh my gosh yeah expertise. i I can cook like but i'm not i can't cook for like more than just a few friends you know Mm
2: -hmm. are there other partnerships like that that you guys have explored i know that we had talked to someone else um in an earlier episode that had partnered with uh, a local like florist plant designer that had basically given all of supplied all of their their decor are there other things that you guys have explored like that as a way of building community saving money
4: Hmm. yeah i think we've we've definitely like we've had some conversations about also we had a we had another um like a like a vintage furniture resale that's very community oriented that like we personally just really like um and, and we didn't end up going with those partnerships uh because just kind of the our our space is very particular, and so we needed to find a way to maximize it. So we ended up building up like an entire stoop. And was, have you guys seen the space at all?
2: Only what you can sort of see on Instagram in the background. But tell us about it.
4: Uh, so it's kind of a a very unique uh, layout. We yeah. it's. I mean, we're very fortunate to have it be, like, not very deep, but incredibly wide, which gives us a lot of sidewalk access and also just a lot of windows. So there's, there's a great natural light, but uh, it makes kind of normal table orientations difficult. And so what we decided to do at the our, – our architect, Chris, he's, he's incredible. And he came mm-hmm. up with this, like, incredibly unique design, uh, which both maximizes the space um, – Echoes architecture of like that's native to Crown Heights and um, creates kind of this both communal and private, like a balance of com- community and privacy, uh, and basically just building this giant stoop. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, we're Brooklyn, we're, we're stoop kids, we sit on our yeah. stoops, we hang out. That's like, that's stoop very, that's not really the stoop. <laughs> that's the original community, you know, like. Yeah,
3: And it's like, I I guess like to visualize in your head, it's like, it's like, I, I like it to like a hybrid between a stoop and like the bleachers in your high school. (laughs) So like, um, but it, but it is kind of L shaped. So it's like, it, it covers like probably goes the length of half the space and then the width of one wall as well. Um, So yeah, it's really cool because there's like these um, there's these movable planters that are in the middle, so you can section off like areas. So like, let's say if we have table service for when we're like officially a wine bar and people sit inside um, again, (laughs) Um, yeah, like you can kind of like change the width of like a section. Um, So yeah, I think it's going to be really fun for stuff like that, but also like you know I. I know we all have dreams of like having like, yeah, community events and like, you know, whether they're like, they could be talks from people in the neighborhood. Like I know there's um, this guy named Daryl, who's like a videographer and he's like, lives on this street um, called Virginia place. um, And he invited us to a block party last summer um, on his block. But, um, you know, he's a videographer and like, it'd be so fun to be able to like, you know, like show documentaries or like, you know, if there's like, I know there's, um, during like coffee expo and other coffee events in town, when there's always events around town, like we could host lectures, like small lectures. Um, you know, we could have, like, we, we've talked with, like there, well, I can't say who it is. There, there might be an artist who like a big artist who does like a secret show or you know, in the space, like it's, it can be like a really versatile space that has a lot of unique events there. And, and you know, that's something we really want to do.
1: Amazing. Well, I love that. Um, I love that description and I can't wait to see it come to life on April 25th, right? It yeah. Or 24th,
3: It'd
4: be right. The 24th weekend. and 25th. Yeah. The weekend. I yeah.
3: Weekend.
4: I think and we'll be the posting project. all sorts of countdowns to that as well.
3: Yeah
1: cool so let's um let's move on to a little lightning round sure. tell us um these will be like quick one to two word answers um they don't have to be if you want to elaborate so first one most challenging moment to date
4: <laughs> um we've been a lot i think uh serving coffee in like 30 degree or less uh, like oh, in 19 degree yeah. weather was just knowing that you had to do that <sighs> to, to make money to stay open 19 degrees outside that was really challenging yeah how many gloves did you have to wear um two and i kept my hands on the boiling kettle the whole day yeah
0: (laughs) it was
3: so cold and that was before we had heaters installed inside so like once we put up the the whether i don't know what they're called split stacks or whatever but um yeah once we put those in we started like doing it inside as well Um, But But what's crazier is people
4: came and they came. People, we had an audience in 19 degrees.
3: Yeah. It's just, it really, it was the balance of like, wow, I can't believe you're here. But also like, it's colder to make coffee than it is (laughs) to stand there. Like, you know, it's (laughs) like you're, you can't like have your hands in your pockets. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Oh my God. It was so cold. We definitely upgraded our setup um, along the way. It's still pretty humble, though. It's just a cart. But at least we have heat inside.
1: Work in progress.
3: Work in progress. Tell us, um, where does the name Daughter come from? Do you feel like you're fast at that? I feel like I'm not.
1: Uh,
4: yeah, I think so. Okay, so when we were... <laughs> I,
3: five minutes or less.
4: <laughs> Okay, five minutes or less. Two minutes or less. One minute. Um. So when we were originally that farm-to-table concept, it was, it was an urban farm, mother nature. We were only going to be serving things that we grow. Everything was going to be a byproduct of the earth, kind of like how everyone is a byproduct of the earth or a daughter. And that just stuck. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's where that comes from. Mm-hmm. I like it. Now you're a byproduct totally. of your community. A yeah, your exactly. Yeah. We're born we're born of our community.
3: That's great. There we go. There go.
1: If you had to do it again, Kickstarter, yes or no? Yes.
3: Yeah. I mean, how else? (laughs) Well, you haven't paid all
2: those uh, croissants (laughs) and coffees back yet, so maybe (laughs) we should have six six months.
1: But that's a real thing. Are you nervous about, you know, you had, what, almost 500 backers? Are you nervous about people coming and having to fulfill –
2: yeah. How do you distribute how people are like, if those 500 people <laughs> show up on day one and like, yeah, the coffee.
3: that's fair.
1: I, you know, that, that's
3: something I, you know, I've been thinking about a little bit and we'll have to talk about <laughs> I'm Like, how are we going to stagger all this? You know, right. I wonder, cause like, you know, maybe everyone comes all at once, but maybe they don't. Um, you know, right, right now it's like, we have, like, we have, um, some of the incentives were for sweaters, um, and bagus and then jars of coffee. So the sweaters and bagus we have, um, and then we, we're going to be ordering the jars this week. And then, you know, yeah, that was something I'm thinking about. I'm like, okay, well, how, what if like every, like, yeah, everyone might come and pick up their coffee all in the same time. But like, so it's like, you kind of have to order all that coffee, but what if they don't come all at the same time and then you have all this old coffee. So, um, you
1: yeah, we had, um, so we had Kiwi um, and the folks from Love Nelly and oh, yeah. Uh, Baker, uh, yeah and okay. uh, Drunk Bankers on the show, and they did Kickstarter for Love Nelly, and we asked them a similar question. So hit them up on Instagram. They're also in... I think they're on Heights. Oh, really? No. How, yeah, Love Nelly? Love okay. Nelly. Cool. Yep. They'll, they were wonderful. Or go back and listen to that episode. But yeah. I think basically what they... I think, believe what they said is that people don't end up all coming to redeem or redeem at the same time so yeah staggered i mean that's the thing
3: it's like i you know the reality is like getting around in new york isn't easy (laughs) (laughs) and like that particular section of crown heights is like it's either very accessible and quick or not at all so like it all depends on what train you live off of so we'll see like how how fast everyone comes and grabs their stuff Last um, <laughs> quick question. What
2: kind, What's your, who's your coffee supplier? Uh, we're Say. using, yeah, Say Coffee. Oh, right
1: um, by,
4: right by a, right right by by a, a heritage. heritage. Yeah. Yeah, they're no, generally,
0: yeah.
4: Oh, They've nice. been awesome to work with. They're, so Adam used to work for Say and all of mm-hmm. us are longtime regulars at Say and friends. Yeah. Have, have people, I, I was drinking Say, Say when
3: it was so-called lofted and he was like, they were roasting out of their loft. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have been a great name so, for roasting in your loft. Yeah, yeah, it was a it <laughs> exactly. was name. Yeah, yeah. But they've been a,
4: incredibly supportive of us since before this was any sort of concept. They've yeah. given advice and help, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, I think the the main reason why we uh, are very committed to say is just their model of transparency is everything that we want to practice with our mm-hmm. staff one day.
3: Yeah,
1: for sure.
4: Full circle community. There you have it.
1: (laughs) Cool. So besides shouting out that you all are opening, Daughters opening April 25th, the weekend thereof. If you didn't hear it first, we also like to shout out other um, friends or people in the industry for opening soon. So we did want to shout out our fellow HRN host Eli Sussman for opening Samisa and Rock Center yesterday. So that's a that's a big cool. one. Congrats to them. Um, anybody come to mind
4: for you all?
3: Who's opened like recently here?
4: I have yeah. a lot of like reopening. Hunky Dory reopened last weekend.
3: Yes. Yeah, they're great
4: friends of ours. I went to I went and visited. It was awesome. So everyone should go by there yeah hunky dory is great
3: yeah i don't yeah. know i mean they've been open for a while but i i just all forever and always love ursula <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. Right uh, down they're the, the best so, yeah, Erica oh uh, uh, fiasco weekend. wine fiasco wine opened in crown heights this past weekend i also oh, went and cool. visited them they nice. are incredible um so Rat. definitely fiasco cool
2: And I think that's it. So uh, tell us uh, where people can find you guys physically because you are a local store in Brooklyn. And then also where we can find you on the social.
3: Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, we are located in Crown Heights in Brooklyn. Um, Our address is 1090 St. John's Place. And, you know, our Instagram handle is daughterny. And then our website is nyc.
2: Cool. Uh, we are very excited to see you guys open and to have some coffee. Yeah. And if you're looking for us, you can follow us at We Are Opening Soon and at Till at NYC. Um, and I'll shout it out one more time, but we are always looking for um, new entrepreneurs that are coming up. Um, on opening, or uh, are in the process of building, or if you just have a friend or a colleague that is working on something and want to connect them with us, then send it on over to our DM again at We Are Opening Soon. Thanks, guys, for joining us, Sarah, Brian. Yeah, thank you, thank you
3: for having us.
1: Opening Soon is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Food Radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. And connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You could also find us at facebook.com heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.